Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Jonathan Dyke. If you've missed some of the Sundays, it's fine. Um, we've missed you. Um, but if you want to catch up on the messages, then uh, just check out on the website because we've been covering a lot of ground. And the whole idea really to set these themes is so that we can just give a bit of a foretaste of what's going to come. So we've been covering things like uh, being a person of prayer, but also praying with others. Um, How we become a person of worship, but also worshipping with others. Uh, We've covered things like how how are we worshipping God in the workplace, which was an incredible message from Andrew. Uh, It was so good that Andrew's actually at Burgess Hill this morning, which is uh, one of our other congregations, bringing that same message. So um, we prayed for him at the prayer meeting earlier, uh, because God was really in that. Then we were hearing a little bit about how do we give thanks in all circumstances. We did a family service a few weeks ago and it was just a really great visual as well as a a spoken kind of message about worship has got nothing to do with what's going on inside our life. Uh, Worship has got to do with what's going on with God's life around us. So worship actually is a choice. And then we were looking at how do we become a worshipper in our relationships. And uh, we were looking at the fact that we can build these, these, these Lego bricks. Colin brought loads of Lego bricks, if you remember that, if you were here. Was that last week? I think it was last week. And um, how we can sometimes live with bricks of shame or guilt or maybe bricks of fear or bricks of unforgiveness. And then we have a little slot in the middle where we can look through on life and life looks through at us. How many of you remember that? Uh, for me, that was a really powerful message. It's like, right, just, there's just one brick. If I'd ever sort that out and actually sorted out a couple of conversations afterwards uh, where Colin said, if, you've, you know, if you need to go and talk to anybody, just kind of sort it out, get it out into the light, then go and talk to somebody. And I had a few people come and talk to me about things that had been done or said six years ago, one of them. And we can all sit there thinking, why didn't I sort it out? Because sometimes we need to go to another to put things right. That, that's why. We, if we just deal with the conversations in our head, we'll only ever convince ourselves that we're right or we're wrong. But actually when you bring them out, God God can then move in those situations and bring us into freedom. How many of you want to live in freedom? Awesome. That's why Jesus came. The Bible says that Jesus came so that you and I could live in freedom in every area of our life. Free to pray and get answers. Free to worship and meet with God. Free to give thanks in all circumstances and see the circumstances change. We're free to be Christians in the workplace. We're free to live for others within our relationships. And today I'm going to talk about another subject. To be honest, I was a bit nervous about it, but actually I'm not now. Because it's in the Bible. In fact, Jesus talks about this subject more than any other subject. I'm going to talk about money. Now, there's only one other word that normally shouldn't get talked about in church other than money, and that's the word sex. So just say money to someone. Money. Say money. money. And if you want bold enough, say sex. Right, that's it. We, we've broken now every sacred cow. All the young people are getting really embarrassed. Some of them, single people, are getting really... red. We've mentioned two words. Everybody's, why is everybody looking at you? I have no idea. But, but we're going to be talking about money. Money. And particularly, who said yay? Come on. And particularly, we're going to be talking about first fruits. So here's the next step for you right now, right in this moment, a next step. Do not switch off. 
because I'm about to share with you how God wants to multiply his first fruit in your life. I'm going to share with you a principle that some people think, oh, that's just the law. The principle of generosity is from God's heart to you. It is not from the law he gave to you. And I'm going to show you that in scripture, but also my own experience. For some of you might think, oh, well, that was just an Old Testament thing. No, generosity is a God-inspired thing, like prayer, like worship, like workplace, like relationships. And God wants to bless all of your income. He wants to bless your resources. He wants to bless your tithe and he wants to bless your offering above the tithe. And we're going to look at tithes today. So we've said the word sex, we've said the word money, and we're, we're still alive. Hallelujah, by the grace of God. So God wants to set us free. He wants to set you free. Matthew over there, uh, sorry, Roman over there, he wants to be set free. Hallelujah. Somebody go and lay hands on him quick. <laughs> We're going to look at some scriptures. Why? Because somebody said to me, should we take the offering after the message? No. Because I don't want you sitting there thinking, I just want you to put more in the offering. I want you to put more of you in the offering. Then we've got some little cards here which are available at the end about how can we be smarter in the way we give our tithe. Why? Because we, we actually get charged as a church if we do certain methods of payment. You probably don't know that, you probably don't care. But as a leadership, we want to give all of our tithe to the storehouse. So there's a whole thing on here. Uh, and Annette, who is our awesome connecting leader, said, should we put these out on the chair? And I said, no. Because I don't want people in their chair to think I'm just manipulating you. If you think that, then just go out and check out that spirit of hypocrisy on the way out, okay? Because it's not me. All right? I want to bring some freedom and some financial principles into our life because Jesus wants to live as a worshipper with our first fruits. Come on. So there are some of those, but I'm not going to mention those again, okay? How many of you know the story of Cain and Abel? How many of you would like a recap? So here we have these two, two guys. Uh, scriptures are going to come up behind me. And they learn a tremendous, tremendous principle about first fruit offering. A tremendously powerful principle about giving the best or just giving something. God wants you and I to give our best. Why? Because actually God started with the tithe principle. God gave the best to you and the best to me, and his name was Jesus. And as we look through some scriptures around how do we tithe the first fruits or the firstborn, we've got to remember that God inspired this principle. The church isn't trying to manipulate with it. Come on. It's all gone quiet. I don't care. I'm going to keep going. So, so in, in Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 to 5, This is around, why do we give? Why do we need to give? Why do we need to have a fat portion mentality? It says here, Adam uh, made love to his wife Eve. Well, that's kind of, sorry, single people. That's why I mentioned the word sex, because I knew what was coming. That's kind of how it works. There's only been one occasion where it hasn't worked like that. And we're celebrating that in a few days' time. Hallelujah. And became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I brought forth a man. Woohoo! And now, ladies, women also have help from the Lord to be brought forth. It's not just a man thing. So don't come up to me and say, why? The Lord helps 
the fruit of our womb is part of God's generosity. He blesses our wombs, not mine, yours. He blesses the womb because in Genesis it said he blessed them, man and female. So God released a blessing before we responded to the blessing. Genesis 1.28, and the Lord blessed them. So when you woke up this morning, God's view for you was he wants to bless you. He wants to give you all things. He wants to increase what you have. He wants to multiply what you have. He wants you to live in a more than enough kind of attitude. It's called a, a first fruit attitude. So God wants to bless you in everything. But what we're talking about today is within your finances, your resources, Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. Now at this moment in time, we don't want to go into too much about the difference between flocks and soil. It's just that they were working. They were doing what they were doing. Okay? So just bring your own kind of relevance into that. They were just doing what they were doing. They were, they were working or they were, they were harvesting or they were growing sheep or cows or whatever. In the course of time, Cain brought some. Say some. What that really means is that he just found some stuff in his field and he just thought, right, I know, I'm just going to pick some bits up and just take them to God and hopefully that'll be all right. So in terms of bringing an offering to God, there was nothing wrong with it at all. Something is better than nothing. But then it goes on and says this. The Lord, Abel also brought an offering, the fat portion, say fat portion, from the firstborn. Say firstborn. Now in these times, the same as now, the firstborn was the pedigree. That was where the money was. They were the money sheep. They were the money goats. They were the money lambs. These were the most expensive of all the flock was the first ones. They were the strongest. So what we see here straight away is even though Cain and Abel had some perception of God, Abel realised, I need to give him the best out of what I have. And it's going to be the first bit. Not the second bit, not the tenth bit, the first bit. It's going to be a fat portion. Hallelujah. Isn't that cool? What an attitude. What a spirit of generosity. The Lord looked with favour on Abel and his offering. Notice how God looked at the person first. God doesn't favour those that have more money than those that don't. Come on now. God doesn't favour those that have a million pounds or those that have one pound. What he favours is the heart of which they give. God favours the person. God wants you to know he favours you. He, he thinks you're brilliant. He thinks you're fantastic. But there's a response out of my heart to that favour. God, I want to give you the best that I can. Not just something. Not just the last pound that's in my pocket, but the first pound that I got. Ooh, come on. It's all gone quiet in the room. I knew it was going to. I'm going to keep going. Hallelujah. Don't switch off. Don't check out. Because Jesus wants to set you free. <sighs> The Lord looked with favour on Abel in his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favour. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Don't go down the Cain route right now. Let's down to the Abel route. I'm favoured. God has blessed me. and I just want to give my best back. So part of this message could be called, 
How do we live as a first fruit person? Remember Jesus said a few times, I am the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last. Is Jesus the first person you speak to in the morning? Or is he the second? Is he the first person that you respond to when stuff happens? Or is he the second? Is he the first one that you give thanks for because something's happened? Or is he the second? Because you have to apply all of that to this. Come on. When we were reading out the Thanksgiving cards, it wasn't, oh, thanks, Steve, for reading out the card. It was, thank you, what God is doing. So God wants us to live as a first fruit person. Yes, hallelujah. So this principle of first, is Jesus your first love? I have no idea. You're the only one that knows that. All I know is, is that you're his first love. How cool is that? Is Jesus the first person you think of in the morning? I don't know. All I know is, is that you are the first person he thinks of in the morning. Are you the firstborn? If you're giving a life to Jesus, you become like you're the firstborn. Come on. God gave his first. Jesus. Jesus is seen in the New Testament four or five times. He is the firstborn, the first fruit. God sent the tithe. And his name was Jesus. The fat portion, the best there was in heaven, left for you and for me. Then we find in Genesis, which is a tremendous story, again, before the law of Moses, before all of this and before all of that, it says, it says this in uh, verse, verse 1 of chapter 12. The Lord said to Abram, now, I'm just going to plow on words a little bit. Abram means he worshipped all kinds of gods. It wasn't until he left to cross over the river that his name became Abraham, which means the one who crosses the river, or a Jew. So there's a little bit of theology for you. I do read the Bible. Hallelujah. So Abram means he just worshipped every god, but he knew there was one above all others. Thank God. Because you and I are seen as seeds of Abraham. Because of this faith, because of how Abraham responds, is how we can also live in the same kind of level of relationship. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Say through you. Here's one of the keys around tithing. I think God has no issue, no problem getting money to me. It's whether he gets it through me. That was good, wasn't it? God has no issue. God can provide. We had it coming out prophetically. El Shaddai. What does that mean? Literally, it means the mother-breasted God. What does that really mean? It means God will bring you to his heart, to his chest and fill you with resources, fill you with his life, fill you with provision. That's what El Shaddai means. So God has no issue whether you know God or you don't know God. He can get finances to us, but can he get them through us? Because this is what this is saying. Is God said to Abram, I'm going to bless you and I'm also going to bless through you. I'm going to call you great, but through you, you're going to make others great. Come on. 
This is fantastic. This word is still over your life. This word is still out. What God spoke, God speaks. What he's spoken, he's watching over it. His mind was involved. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to bless these people beyond their their reputation. I'm going to bless these people beyond their value. I'm going to bless these people beyond their worth. I'm going to bless these people beyond their history. God spoke a blessing out over you. And he's not going to have it back until it's worked. So I bless you. Then his eyes watch it and his hand performs it. God wants to bring finances to us, but more than that, he wants to bring them through us. Come on, hallelujah, glory to God. And what I love about this is, for me, when I first kind of got this about 25, nearly 30 years ago, it's a bit like when, if you can remember being at school. Okay, some of you that might take a lot of remembering, for some of you not so much memory. <laughs> I'm not looking at anybody particularly. But it might be that the school you went to, maybe there was one or two characters there that were just, like, they used to intimidate you or just call your names or just not be very nice to you. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? That, that's what happened with me. Okay? But when I gave my life to Jesus, I suddenly realised, hang on a minute, if I speak blessing over people, if I'm giving out of my resources to people, God is going to honour that. Not me, God is. God is going to multiply the potential of my giving. And we're going to look at how he does that in a minute. But here's the other side of it. If people start picking on me, God is going to align himself next to me and say, if you talk to them, you're talking to me. Because that's really what this means is that those that start to intimidate you, they start to steal the blessing or the sense of blessing from you. God is saying, I'm going to stand next to you and it's going to hit me first. That's what this means. Let me go on a little bit further. So Abram moved from a leftover kind of mentality to a, fir- to a, a first blessed mentality. How do we know that? Because in Genesis 14, we find this. Verse 17 to 20. Again, this is before the law, before anything. This was just a heart from Abram, from Abraham. Abraham returned from defeating this guy whose name I can't pronounce. Kedilarama, a Klingon. Let's just call him a Klingon. <laughs> the king of Sodom came out to meet him in the valley of Shiva. That is the king's valley. Then Melchizedek, say Melchizedek. Now, those of you that are into your Bible, right, you probably already know that this could have been Jesus himself. Could have been. If it wasn't literally Jesus, it is figurative of Jesus. All right? so th- but this could have been Jesus. And I can go into the theology of it, where the name Jerusalem came from, la di la di la But there's people in here who are much better at that than I am. But this guy was the king of Salem, which is Jerusalem. He brought out what? What did he bring out? Bread and wine. Why? Because he knew the tithe that God was going to give. This guy knew that God was going to release a person who would give his body, give his blood, and this was God's best, and this was the tithe. And he was bringing it out to this guy. Come on. So every time we break bread, if you know what breaking bread is or not, whether you do it in the home, whether you do it on a Sunday or wherever, is that God is saying, remember my tithe. I gave a body and I gave blood for you. His name is Jesus. And we see this thousands of years before Jesus appeared as a person. But this guy got it and he will do exactly the same for you. God wants to give you and has given you the best he has. And he's called Jesus. He made a first fruit offering of him for you and for me. Abraham, Abraham suddenly realised, wait a minute. 
He was a priest of God Most High and he blessed Abraham and saying, blessed be Abraham by God Most High. This isn't just blessing from being a king. This is just blessing from being the biggest army. This is a blessing from above coming down. But he brought the gifts. He brought what we now call communion or the Eucharist or whatever word you want to call it. What he showed was there's some bread and there's some wine, but they represent God's part of his covenant with you. Come on. Look, God has made covenant or cut, kerith. He's cut an agreement between you and me. But he is the major shareholder and he is the major contributor. He was priest, blessed be Abraham. And praise be to the God most high who delivered you, your enemies, into your hand. And what was Abram's immediate response? Read it yourself in case you think I'm making it up. What did Abram do out of this first fruit mentality, out of this generosity? He gave him a tenth of everything. There was no law at work here. This was principle of generosity. He gave him. Yeah, okay, I know there's a God up there. And I want to give, I don't want to offer a Cain offering. I'm going to offer an Abel offering. First fruits of everything. Livestock, dead stock, whatever stock. I'm going to give him everything. It says everything. It's a good principle there. Then in Genesis 15, for those of you who are into the scholarly of it, this is where God re-established that covenant. Why? Because he tore animals in half and he walked through the middle of them. That's God. That represents certain things. We haven't got time to go into that. But what it does is it says, to, God says, I'm going to validate my tithe through, through a broken body and through bloodshed. God does more than just write a contract and then give you a contract. He sent someone to fulfil the contract for you and for me, and his name was Jesus. You see, this tithe in the Old Testament represents something that it still does in the New Testament. Leviticus 27, verse 30. This is God speaking. And what God says is the first tenth, the first tenth, not the second or the tenth, is set apart, which is half of what holy means, and given to the Lord, which is the other half of what holy means. And as we give the tenth, God says all of it is holy. Now, the New Testament equivalent of that is when you give your life to Jesus, the same as I did, I suddenly realised all of me belongs to Jesus. All of it does. All of it does. My life, the Bible says, is now hidden. Hidden where? Who with? Right. So these principles still operate. My life is now not my own. My finances are now not my own. My resources are now not my own. They've been given to me, but can God bring them through me? So when I give a tenth, I'm actually giving back to God what is already God's. Come on! But then what this says is, if that branch is healthy, all the fruit's going to be healthy. So I'm going to make all of it holy. So this is a principle that we need to get hold of. When we tithe, God multiplies the 90% to do the work of 100. 
I'll say that one again because you've missed that one. When we tithe, when we give the fat portion, the first fruit, the firstborn, when we give the best bit to God, God multiplies the ability of the last part. We can't work that out because we work in, a, in an instant credit run society. God doesn't work by credit. God says, no, you give me that and it's holy, but all of it's holy. But I'll multiply it. And what you think is 90%, I'll do 100, 110% with it. Because I've, I've set it apart. How many of you want to live like that? I want to live like that. And as I'm seeking to do that, I'm learning this works. But it doesn't work because someone's written it in a law. It's working because it's my, my response to God blessing me with everything. Why would I not give to God? Ooh-wee. I want to give him the first part of my day. Why not? It's his day. I want to give him my first thought. Why not? Because I want to think what he thinks. I want to give him my worship. Why not? Because he's worthy of it all. I can't just sing you're worthy of it all and not make it true. Ooh, glory to Jesus. So the Lord sees the whole amount as holy and set apart. And in Romans 16, sorry, Romans 11, 16, it says this, if part of the dough is offered as a first fruit, it's holy. So let's, let's move slightly from money. Where do you give the best part of your time? Where do you give the best part of your talent? Where do you give the best part of your energy? Because we need to tithe all of that. Well, what I'm talking about right now is money. Say money. money. Say sex. sex. There we go. We're talking about money. Again, if you've got an issue with it, then forget offerings. Just go and do whatever you need to do with Jesus. I'm not here to try and help you put more in the offering. I'm trying to help you live under the blessing of the Lord. Amen. Under God's best for you and for me. Because it's my responsibility. The trouble is, or the challenge is, we're never taught this stuff in most churches because people don't like it. To be honest, I don't like it. But I've refused to not talk about it. When Jesus spent half of his New Testament talking about this, he spoke more about money than healing. Because he knew it's where the heart is. But so is prayer. So is worship. So is relationships. So is worship in the workplace. It's all about this bit. The bit that we think's fine until we align it with the word of God and we realise, God, it's not fine, I need your help. <laughs> Let's go back to Exodus. These are the two principles of tithe that I have found. You might find some others, which is brilliant. After the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and gives it to you as he promised, You are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. Everything that produces, you must give it over. But it does one of two things. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Redeem with a lamb. Say a lamb. Every firstborn donkey. Say donkey. A lamb is a clean animal. A donkey is an unclean animal. Come on now. If you are not going to redeem it, if you're not going to offer a sacrifice, uh, redeem it, then you need to break its neck. Now, I'm not into breaking necks of people. But this principle basically says the tithe will do one of two things. It's either a sacrifice or it's redemptive. It 
I'll either give you or it'll restore to you. Come on. That's what the tithe does. It, it's a sacrifice, yes, it's a lamb, but also it redeems. That's what the tithe does. So it might be that we're struggling financially because God hasn't been able to redeem it. It might be that we're living less than God's best for us because we're just not living the first fruit principle. We're living like a donkey, not as a lamb. Remember, Jesus was the lamb of God who took away the sin of every donkey. When people say to me, oh, you know, God can speak even through a donkey, it winds me up, to be honest, because God had other choices to speak through, but they, listen, they didn't listen to him. So he chose the donkey last. Well, I want to be chosen first, don't you? I want God to choose me first, not a donkey first. Because <laughs> a donkey's unclean. But what's this saying in your and my context? It's exactly the same again. God sent a lamb to redeem the unclean. That's you, that's me. There was a tithe, there was an exchange, there was a, part, there was a, a transaction between heaven and earth to buy my life back and yours. But God didn't use a donkey, he used a lamb. Why? Because he, God works according to principle. So if you've got a donkey mentality, in quotes, stubborn, then let the lamb mentality overrule it a bit. Come on, hallelujah. I have no idea where this is coming from. I was up half the night praying about this. Malachi, some of you are thinking, yeah, I knew we'd get to Malachi. Too right we would. Because we need to know what the tithe is for. We need to know what the tithe is. We need to know where to bring it. Now, I could have used four, verse, four scriptures out of the Old Testament. I chose to use this one because I was trying to get a reaction from people, to be honest. And I probably have from some of you. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Thank you. What is the storehouse? Your churches, where you're fed, where you're protected, where people are praying for you. Don't start confusing your offering to your tithe. We'll talk about offerings next year. I'm talking about tithe. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Provision, resources. See, about a year ago, just over a year ago, as a leadership, we suddenly got challenged by God saying, what are you doing with your tithe? And I said, well, I give it every month. He said, no, not your tithe, your tithe. Come on. What are you doing with the whatever it is, thousands of pounds that people have given into the house? We were challenged by that. It's like, oh God, I didn't, we didn't know we were supposed to. We had to make some adjustments. So every year we give out more than 10% of the income. Come on, because we've realised, man, we, God, can, God sends us finances. God doesn't need your money. I don't need your money. We don't need your money. God wants you to live blessed. Come on. This is not about trying to manipulate you to put more money in the offering. It's about helping you live in freedom. Take a next step as a worshipper in the first fruit mentality. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse and see if, as he says, test me on this. There's only a couple of times in the Bible where God says, put me to the test on this. I will prove what I say is right. And this is one of them. So the whole tithe comes into the storehouse. Maybe some of you don't tithe into this storehouse. Then you need to go off and pray about that. I'm not telling you what to do or not to do. I'm just reading the Bible to you. 
Or maybe you just bring a bit in. Maybe it's just, oh, you know, I've got a few quid left in my pocket, I'll chuck it in the bucket. That, that's the wrong kind of attitude, my friend. Whatever you give, give with a joyful heart. We're reading in Proverbs this morning that a cheerful heart is like good medicine. And some of us, I think, sometimes live like we're sick because we don't give with the right attitude, like Abram gave. He gave with a cheerful heart, I think. It's good medicine. He was happy, joyful. It's like, yeah, I'll get the opportunity to give. We don't give to get. We get to give. It's not the same. We might have a mindset that just says, oh, give me, give me, give me, because I'm having a difficulty. No, I get an opportunity to give. Because it goes on, see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. That's pretty cool. I don't know what your floodgates of heaven look like. It sounds pretty cool to me. It sounds like there was something there, which if I've got this right attitude and this right method, God does something that I can't do. Which is he opens up access to me of spiritual resources as well as physical resources. I don't know, it might mean something else to you. Some of you might be a little bit more creative and you kind of got a picture of what that looks like. Some of you are just like, you know, thinking, well, I don't know, the only floodgate I know is on the River Aaron. I have no idea what you're thinking. All I know is, is that God says, if you do this right, you're going to live under more than you can cope with. If you get this right, there's going to be too much for you. Because it goes on and says this, I will, who will? God will prevent pests from devouring your crops. How cool is that? I don't know what your pests are called. Maybe we live too much on if come and not income. That's quite cool. I can say that one again. Maybe, I like that one. Maybe we just live too much by if come. What if God blesses me? He has blessed you. What does it look like? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tie the million pounds because God said I'm going to be a... I'm going to be a millionaire. Tomorrow I'll be millionaires. No, that's what only fools and horses say. <laughs> that was quite good. <laughs> what? Sorry, I, I, it's an English joke. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can't translate it into Dutch. <laughs> it's, but it's funny. It's funny. Just laugh. It's funny. <laughs> But what God has wanted to show us is just a few points and we're going to bring it all together in a minute. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, crops and vines in your fields. Will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord. Then all the nations, we call you blessed. There's something around how we give the tithe, what the tithe is and where we give it to that keeps us in a place of safety and security. Because what this is dealing with is God will deal with everything physical and spiritual that's trying to steal, kill and destroy from you and from me. And we have an enemy out in the world. And that's all he wants to do. But God says, I've blessed you. God says, I'm the more than enough God and I want to live you in all of me. God says, you do this and I'll do that. I'll multiply and increase over your life. You see, even the widow just gave a mite, but how she gave it, it was the best she had. It was all she had. She gave it, and boom, God multiplied it. Rich people just stand up saying, oh, check me out, look at me, I'm giving lots of money. Wrong attitude. So I'm not talking about the amount. I'm talking about hearts behind the amount. God loves a cheerful giver. Just sit at the person next to you and say, God loves a cheerful giver. 
to cheer up. <laughs> God loves a cheerful giver. See, in the New Testament, Jesus mentions tithe twice. Again, some of you would know that, in Matthew and in Luke. And he speaks about the process of tithe, but the wrong attitude behind it. So don't just think, well, the tithe, you know, it's an Old Testament principle. It's not. It's a principle of first fruit. It's a principle of living a first fruit life. It's a principle of giving God the best first, not the best last. So I've made a couple of statements. I wrote these down. They're not all mine. I've stolen some from somebody else. is God has no problem getting money to you, but tithing helps it to come through you. We don't, or we shouldn't live, we cannot live, and if you need some help with finance and income, we, we can help you with that. I can help you with that, because I know people that are brilliant at sorting out budgeting. Uh, we sort out a weekly or a monthly. So some people spend... Uh, spend a week in advance but only get paid every month or some people do it the other way around now god wants you to live out of what you've got left more than if you had the whole that's that's the point so don't live out of if come but let's live out of income and let god increase the income and then this last principle is do we have do you have and i don't know i don't know what people give in this church and to be honest i don't want to know because when you live a blessed life, people see it. You don't have to go around saying, I'm blessed. People say, why are you just living like that? And I'm not living like that. You don't have to go around saying everybody, I'm rich. Because that might not, that might not be here, but God wants you to be rich in there. <laughs> it might be that you've only got two one pences to put together. Great. But which bit are you going to give to Jesus? Well, the bit that's left over. No, no, that's the wrong way round. It might be you've got a thousand pounds coming in the bank. Which bit of that do I give? Do I pay not net or gross? What's the first thing that you pay? Because tax and income is a bill. Woo! So I just thought I'd chuck that one out as well. So the first bit, the first bit is the tithe. And then do we have this give to get or get to give mentality? And I don't know. I have no idea. Is that okay? So I'm just going to pray. Is that all right? If you've got any thoughts, questions, please come and talk to me about it. Because I'm finding my way on this journey like you are. But my heart and our heart is not, is not, please, to manipulate you to be given more than the I think that is not the point of this at all. If you think it is, you just need to let God speak to you. God doesn't need your money. I don't need your money. We don't need your money. This is just my response to the fact God has blessed us with everything. But there's a principle of first fruits, the first ball, the first part of the day, the first part of the time, the first response, if you like, that God is challenging us about. And today it's about money. And Jesus knew it's an issue. He knew it was an issue with people and it's an issue with me. And maybe it's an issue with you. Maybe you're fine with it. I've no idea. But maybe your next step is, okay, do I actually tithe anything? I don't know. Go and sort that out with God. It may be it's, you know, when, when, the, when, the, when the tithe, when the bucket comes round, you resent it or you think it's coming into your personal space. I have no idea. You just let God sort that out. 
It's up to you. I'm not telling you what you should do. I'm just saying we all got to do something. It might be that you've kind of tied that of previous income, but you've not increased it according to the increase of measure. Well, maybe you need to look at that. Maybe you just need to look at how you're tithe. Maybe you just chuck it in the, you know, chuck it in the thing and, and hope it works. I hope, hope God is a slot machine for you. I have no idea. God is not a slot machine. God is faithful to his word. He's not a slot machine. I'm just going to pray. Father, I want to thank you so much for everyone here that is living this kind of first fruit life. Father, I want to thank you for the tithes, everything that we already bring into the storehouse, that you seem to increase it somehow, multiply it somehow, and that you're blessing many nations with it. And I thank you for every heart here. Whatever we're giving, Father, help us to live out of a first fruit lifestyle. That maybe for us the next steps are some of the ones that I've said. Help us to move from living out of an if-come to an income kind of mentality because you said let no debt remain except to love one another. And if we are in debt, I thank you that we're not under judgment or condemnation from you because you've blessed us. But you do want to help us. You want to help us to live so that we lend to many and borrow from nobody. You want us to live so that we don't just get blessed, but we are a blessing to the nations. The nations are the workplace and the household place and the school place and the cottage place. That we're a blessing to, to Worthing. That we're not a financial strain on Worthing, but we're a financial contributor to Worthing. So, Lord, whatever our next steps are, maybe there's others I just haven't thought about. Whatever they are, Lord, give us the grace to maybe make some alignments, some adjustments in our own attitude because your word is really clear that people that give find joy in the giving. Not in the amount, but in the action of giving. And I'm going to thank you that above all, you've reminded me, and I hope I've reminded us, that you set the precedent of tithing, that you tithe the best you had. You sent a lamb to redeem donkeys. You sent the first fruit to redeem us. You sent someone to pay the price for everyone. And when we give our lives back to you, you multiply what we've got left. So I just thank you for the grace now. Father, I thank you for a tremendous time around Super Sundays, chatting, talking about stuff. But I thank you that you want to bring a new financial release into our lives and then through our lives for your glory and for your honour. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.